Welcome to the Masters of Comic Books podcast, where we're two fanboys with all the power. I'm your player one, Cole L. And I'm your player two, Dayspring. Welcome back to Masters of Comic Books. It has been a time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was one long mid-season finale. Remember when we said we were going to take like a three-week break and then we were going to start a whole other podcast? I know. And then fucking life has a way of just creeping in. But no, we're back. We're here. We are back, baby. Welcome back, back baby. To, welcome back to Masters of Comic Books with Cole Daniel and Paul. Cole Ellen Dayspring. We are going to kick butt dude we're gonna kick butt like moon knight kick butt in this fucking episode nice transition because we are here <laughs> to talk about the first episode of moon knight the goldfish problem and these are just going to be quick episodes each week we're going to cover each episode of moon knight because holy cow and do i have a million projects going on but when paul texted me last week saying we got to cover moon knight i was like i forgot about you <laughs> i missed i've missed you paul i've missed you so much I've missed you so much. And when I saw that Moon Knight was approaching, I was like, there's only one person I really want to talk about Moon Knight with because A, I don't know anything about Moon Knight. And B, like, I need to talk to you about it. Like, I don't know. Well, but, like, we need to dissect everything. Every single little detail. I was putting in my notes and I'm like, I could not wait to see your face and discuss Moon Knight. Honestly, I just can't wait to. I, 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 need, I needed your face. <laughs> Stop it. Here, here's my food. You're so precious, so beautiful, so pretty. Oh my God. I don't mean to boast, but I have had a lot of dermatology work done these last few weeks. So you look look adorable and absolutely precious. Stop it. You look precious. You look exactly the same since when I last saw you in January. (laughs) It's like no time has passed. Well, it's because I look like Andrew Garfield. Oh my God. You do look like Andrew Garfield. I've met so many people since the semester started and every single one is like, you look like Andrew Garfield. I'm like, I know. I am so happy that people are saying that to you because Andrew Garfield deserves this renaissance in his career. Like he's everywhere. Last year was probably the biggest year of his entire career. Tick, tick, boom, Mm Spider-Man, no way home. Um, He was nominated for an Oscar. Everyone's advocating for Amazing Spider-Man 3, which if this was like 2012, people would be like, huh, what are you talking about? But Mm. no, man, like we need we need Amazing Spider-Man 3. I haven't seen Morbius yet. And I know I'm not going to because I can give two shits about it. I don't know. I this one reviewer I follow, like gave it a positive review. So now I'm kind of curious. But (laughs) there is like Spider-Man in in the Morbius universe. And I don't is there, care. Is it Tobey Maguire? Is it? It's not Tom Holland. No, it's not Tom Holland. But like, I've I saw the leaked post credit scene. I'm like, who fucking cares? I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> I'm tired of Sony doing all this bullshit Spider Verse stuff. I mean, I love Into the Spider Verse, and I can't wait for the second one. But stop trying to do live action stuff. Venom one sucked. Venom two sucked. Morbius looks like a piece of shit. Sorry, that's God, I'm getting no, a little look aggravated. At you being angry. My, Who is this? Sorry, Who I, is this? I'm a changed person. Um, <laughs> it's because I'm in the I'm in a uh, I'm in a radio station production studio with an actual microphone, so I'm a totally new person right now. Oh my God, I'm loving this energy you're emanating. Yes, tell us I, how the Venomverse sucks. It sucks so bad. Yeah, it's Venomverse well, is terrible. We talk yeah, and plus, I have, like, my radio show every Friday, and I can't cuss because I'm on the actual, like, radio. <laughs> 
So I have a bunch of like built up cuss words. So book. Sorry, mom. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds fucking awful. Sorry. Well, I went my, my first radio show when I had uh, near the beginning of the semester, I said hell and pissed. And I think I said, damn. And I'm like, at least those aren't too bad. <laughs> no, they're not. Oh my God. But speaking of cussing, I mean, Will Smith cussed at the Oscars. Yeah, that was a, that was I mean, something that was <laughs> among the other things that happened there. That was an interesting, that was an interesting time. Did you watch the Oscars live at all? No, who does? This was like the lowest rated or like the second lowest like Oscar viewing. Well, I don't normally watch it, but I did pay attention to who won the awards and, um, and who was nominated because I, um, I saw uh, Power of the Dog. Did you ever see that? That was really good. I haven't seen it. No, is it good? Um, I saw Lost Daughter with Olivia Coleman, directed by Maggie Gyllenhaal, which I really enjoyed. Um, I've seen film. Maggie Gyllenhaal around town. I don't know. She make I she make I piss. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know what you, know you said. Um, <laughs> um, tick tick yeah, boom. Yep. <laughs> tick tick boom. Of course, is fantastic. Uh, Dune is also another really good one. I think that's about all I've seen from the Oscars, but. I, I was really curious of what would win and everything. I was really glad to see Kodo winning, though. The only thing I really took away from it was the infamous slap and Andrew Garfield and Zendaya taking a selfie together. That's it. Yep, those are the only two important things from the Oscars. <laughs> oh my gosh, should we dive into this episode? Of Moon Knight, the goldfish problem. Oh my god, it's so good. It was written by Jeremy Slater who is an absolutely wonderful writer. I mean, he's done Death Note, The Exorcist, Umbrella Academy. I okay. mean, just a wonderful, wonderful I knew the, na- the name looked familiar. I wasn't like, I saw the name. I'm like, that seemed, that looks like a badass name and someone I should know. And since you named out those two, those few things, of course I know who that is. Did you, did, have you watched Umbrella Academy? No, but I've heard pretty decent things about it. It's good. You should check it out. I really do like it. I've been wanting to because yeah, it's on Netflix, isn't it? Yeah, it's on Netflix. It's fun. I think we're hitting the third season in June. Yeah, yeah. I've been wanting to check it out, but I'm such a pain in the ass when it comes to watching new shows, unless it's a Marvel-related thing. So <laughs> <laughs> you'll stop your entire schedule for a Marvel-related show. Oh yeah, I mean, I watched okay. Moon Knight at like eight in the morning. So Are my you class. Serious? Was, I have an eight a.m. class, and it was canceled, and so I was already up, and I was like, screw it. I'll watch it anyway. I, which one did I, Oh, WandaVision. I woke up at 3 a.m. to watch. Like I would actually wake up at 3 a.m. because I needed to know what was going to happen. I don't know if I would do that. <laughs> I need my, like this, this week, I, my sleep schedule has been so out of whack. And so, man, I, I'm surprised I'm awake right now. And that's because I had like so much coffee 30 minutes ago. So here's the thing. I don't know what the heck is going on here okay Uh, so you need (laughs) to help me out here okay so the episode opens up uh with not our title hero but with our basically our main villain with ethan hawks arthur haro i think is his name it was interesting he smashes up glass and then he puts it in his shoes and before he goes about his day how that like opening scene make you feel Okay, first of all, I was like, who puts glass in their shoes and walks out and like the shoe is not bleeding everywhere? Yeah. Like, I was expecting when he was walking out that you were going to see bloody footprints, but it's fine. I get it. It's Disney Plus. Like, it is. Fine. Well, and I, what made me cringe was hearing the glass like break uh, every step he took. Do you know who Arthur Haro is? 
No. Uh, so here's the thing I was going to ask you, because th this is the way I will, if I don't know someone, if I don't know a character, I go to the Wikipedia page for the TV series and then I click on the name next to it. There is no hyperlink next to Arthur. It's it's H A R R O W. So is it Harrow or Harrow or I, I would either... say Harrow. Arthur Harrow. Harrow. That's how I would say. Okay, it. so he's a very minor character in the I had to look this up too because I know nothing of this guy either. But um he's a very minor character within like the Moon Knight lore and everything. Uh he only appears, I think, so far in just one issue from a uh Moon Knight uh from it said like volume two, issue two from nineteen eighty-five. In the comic, he's like a Nobel Prize winner, and he specializes in like pain tolerance. So that kind of explains his like the glass and the in his shoe and stuff. Oh, so right. I could see that, but I I'm gonna assume that he's gonna be very different. Like maybe like that pain tolerance and like sort of like therapy sort of deal might play into his character within the show. But right. he seems to, I don't think he was much of like a cult leader like he is in this. No, he very has like Dalai Lama like vibes. Like people are just see him and they see him as this messianic figure. Well, and it was interesting because like he stepped out and everyone wanted to touch him. I know. Oh gosh, but it felt he, weird. <laughs> one just to note one thing on like the opening. Like I love the sound quality. Like just hearing that glass crunch and the music that's playing. Like once we finally get to Oscar Isaac, I like, thought the sound quality. The sound quality, like all the like, uh, like little sound elements and like ambience and like sound effects all around was like in the like the foley work. I thought was very well done for this first episode, and so like the episode opens up with e Ethan Hawke's character, and then right after the what's really interesting is that it was with Bob Dylan. It was a song by Bob Dylan. Mm -hmm. Um, I can't remember the title, but it's like before we became like a born again Christian and everything. And so <laughs> I thought that I thought that was like really. Uh, a nice little I really it was a really nice little touch for an opening episode with someone that's such like a cult leader and everything but then it cuts to Oscar Isaac who is waking from his slumber and you mm. see like an ankle lock his ankle is like strapped to like this pole in his bedroom he's surrounded by sand there's like tape on his door and you're like and it's just to make sure he doesn't leave the apartment and everything and so like what like when you first saw that what the, that like pop in your head where you're like what the hell <laughs> no i i'm just like i don't understand look i understand that he has dual personalities this is what i know about moon knight and you can of course correct me if i'm wrong here so he has dual personalities so he's obviously chaining himself to the bed so he doesn't go off and and do what he needs to do um and then the sand is there to sort of track yeah mm -hmm. right but like I'm sorry, you can jump over the sand. I don't Yeah, I, he I don't jumped understand. over it to get into bed. <laughs> yeah, like, so wait, why, why have the sand there? Like, by the way, if, like, the ankle, like, chain doesn't work, then, okay. Like, if, that, that is a very admirable try. You know what I mean? So I was confused by that. I'm curious. The, the big question I had when I noticed that he was calling his mom and it was he was just leaving a voicemail, I was like, who's he really calling here? I mean, I that's like... Yeah, I thought that was interesting, too. I don't know if, like, he has a number that, like, yeah, I don't know, like, how that personality works unless he thinks he has a mom and just has, like, he's just calling this fake-ass number that, like, maybe another personality set for him. Because I think Mark Spector is supposed to be the main one, I guess. Mm -hmm. And so, like, maybe Mark kind of did this for his personalities, like, to give, give him this number or, like, ha or Mark is also, like, having postcards sent to 
Stephen Grant to make it say it's from his mother and whatnot, you know, because if you look, those postcards are actually from the museum. Oh, I did not. Oh, that's so clever. Which I thought was kind of interesting. Okay, no, wait, let, let me ask you a question. What is up with the fish? I don't know. <laughs> I, I wasn't, I didn't analyze it that much. Okay, okay, that's fair, that's fair, okay. But, um... Something I did find it find interesting though is when the episode opens, it focuses on like Doctor Harrow's Harrow's feet and mm-hmm. Stephen Grant's footprint as well. So I don't. It's it's an interesting connection. I don't know if that leans toward anything, but I thought it pretty interesting of how like it both focuses on their like feet and their steps. Like um, with Ethan Hawke, he was walking in like uh, those that broken glass or those shoes filled with broken glass and then you had um steven grant um stepping on the sand and stuff so i don't know if that's like any like sort of not symbol but i can't think of the right word right now no i think it is symbolic of the character's journeys you know where we Mm -hmm. have something like arthur whose probably journey is marked with a lot of pain and he's holding a lot and then you have someone like Stephen, who's chained, who's repressed, and this is the journey that they have. I agree. I think that's a really wonderful, beautiful thing to note. Mm-hmm. And I actually did note that that duality with cool. the uh, with, with, with the feet. No, but duality is a big part of this of this episode. I mean, obvious for the obvious reasons. Well, but there are dual images everywhere here. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like speaking of which, there was a what this this episode did i which i really hope they do throughout the see these uh six episodes is the cinematography is fucking beautiful because i love the mirror images off like water or just off an actual mirror in general because like it's it really displays uh marks uh different personalities personalities and everything like for example when he's getting ready for like the date and there's three mirrors and it, yeah. he has he has ah, like that's so smart or like when he's in the elevator there's like three different um uh, reflections of mark i really think they're doing that really in a they're doing that really cool to like show like they're th- these dual personalities and ultimately in the end with mark coming out and stuff like that it's so cool how they like plan that and like are planting these little easter eggs in the beginning because i oh. noticed there was a lot of it Oh, and like the pond with the leaf, like you see the leaf falling in the pond's reflection. So you don't know what's that, reality or what's not. It's that so one, that one effed up with my head. I'm like, wait, <laughs> where? I couldn't tell which one was the reflection or not. It really like messed with my head. But so what did you think of Stephen Grant? Because that's what this whole episode kind of is. It's to establish one of Moon Knight's personalities. So what did you think of the mild, mild-mannered, soft-spoken Stephen Grant? Okay. Oscar Isaac is so adorable and likable. I mean, this is the goofiness like, was really helpful too. This is quality acting. This is like Christopher Reeves meets Robert Downey Jr. with a little bit of Chris Pratt in there as well. Like mm-hmm. he definitely deserves like a Golden Globe nomination for what he's doing here because it's just gorgeous. He did a solid job. Um like it's so it's quite the opposite of of course what mark specter is ultimately when we see of course we saw him at the end but like he i think oscar isaac isaac did a very fantastic job in displaying i'm i'm very excited to see like these different personalities he's going to do throughout the season because those two like 
you like the mirror reflection when Mark is speaking to well to himself, but as Stephen Grant, it's really cool. I really I thought the like the acting range was really good. Okay, but can we talk about who the real villain of this episode was? Donna. Fucking Donna's a Donna. Bitch. Fucking Donna being like, oh, don't forget you're still in inventory. But as I was thinking about it, getting ready to talk to you, I was like, I mean, this guy probably shows up. Like he's been employed here for what, just a couple of months, I'm assuming. And he's kind of showing up whenever he wants to, all frazzled, not doing his job correctly. Donna's got a ship to run or a museum to run in this case. So yeah. like, fine, being angry at your employee for showing up, being scattered brain, like fine, Donna. But I was like, Donna, like back off. There's obviously something up with him. Like, where is that empathy right now, Donna? Yeah, what a bitch. Anyway. Um... <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've missed you. <laughs> I've missed you. I too. love this new call. I'm super energetic. And you know, it's the coffee. The next time we record, I'm going to be like fucking dead or something. And just like, I'm just going to like Moon Knight. Yeah. <laughs> Moon Knight's great. No, you brought your A game today and I'm here for it. It's because it's been forever. And so by the, I don't know, about what, 15, 20 minute mark is when things really start to pick up. Like it's literally yeah. like an instant. And what does he like go to bed or something? Then all of a sudden he wakes up in like a field. Yeah. So like I a really, whole other country. Okay. First of all, like I love that there is an app or some kind of station there for people to stay awake. I was like, that's like a subculture that people don't know enough about. People were trying to purposely stay awake. And I love that there's like an app or like how to guys to do it. Although when she was here, like read a book, I'm like, that's the first thing someone tells you if you have insomnia is to read because you're going to so pass you can out. Go to fuck. Yeah, I, yeah. The funny thing is, that uh like i said my sleep schedule has been effed and i just haven't been able to sleep so the funny thing is is i actually what i did read in order to go to sleep and it worked <laughs> so i'm like uh yeah that's not gonna work but i thought it was also funny that i was watching this as mark was trying to stay awake and i'm like i need to go to bed <laughs> okay how did you feel though when he woke up in that field and his jaw was like dislocate it like i'm yeah, not he's like that. Oh, don't do that. what are you doing <laughs> you guys can't see it at home but cole just did, argh, argh. dude that is traumatizing like i i'm not squirmish at all but seeing that i i think it was because of oscar isaac's acting where he mm -hmm. was here like argh, like that i was like argh, like that. i cringe and i don't cringe bro were you confused on what was going on like i mean all? I don't know if I was confused. I, I, I figured, I'm sorry, it's, what's his, what, what's the alternate personality, what's the Moon Knight personality's name again? Are you Mark? Stephen Grant? Oh, Mark Spector? Mark, Mark Spector. That's Moon Knight, right? Yeah. Okay, I, yeah. so Mark's, Mark took over Stephen's personality, and he wakes up in another country. I'm not quite sure where he was at. And I don't know if it's specified. Okay, good. And I don't even know what language. I call him Ethan Hawkman because there was a parody of him years ago where they called him Ethan Hawkman. So when Ethan Hawkman, a.k.a. Arthur, you know, speaks in another language and everyone bows except for him and he's here like, oh shit, I thought that was so clever. I mm -hmm. thought that was the most clever thing I've seen in cinema in a long time. I was like, mm, well done. Well done, Ethan Hawkman. Yeah, I really... It was really cool how so like this entire scene was really cool because I feel like the show does a really great job in going back and forth between um, Mark's personalities. So like through this. Well, first of all, I did love the goofiness behind Steven not giving back the little like 
artifact and stuff. I thought it was kind of it was kind of like goofy and funny and kind of like worked and stuff. And I kind of love how Conchu is like, damn it, not this little loser again. <laughs> it was I, so it's so funny because I thought like if I'm Arthur, I would be like, oh shit, this guy's possessed or something here. But then the way Oscar Isaac kind of played it, I could see from like Arthur's perspective, like this guy's fucking with me. Like I'm gonna beat your ass. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I thought it was so funny. Just the fluidity of the body. Of how like Oscar Isaac was moving like that. Like it was oh, yeah. just so I mean, again, this guy deserves like a golden globe for his work here. And I thought they did a really good job of him like passing out as Mark took over. And like and then like after Mark we don't watch like uh Mark Marker Mo- Moon Knight uh kick ass. So like just like uh when Stephen Grant is like shocked awake multiple times during like that chase sequence or while he's running away and everything, the audience is also shocked as well. And so it's a really cool way to, it's a good way to put the viewer in Stephen's shoes, especially if you're not familiar with Moon Knight. And so like the viewer is also like, what the frack is going on? And Stephen's also like, I have no idea. <laughs> I'm in the same boat as you. So you read the comics, you've read the Moon Knight comics. Is does this kind of track with his personality? Like it, it, this this incarnation of him on the Disney Plus show? So Stephen, th- there I think there is a Stephen Grant. However, this one's a very isn't the same as in the comics. This version of Stephen Grant in Disney Plus is a whole different version. It, this okay. is like a whole brand new original character, like a whole I think I think the reason being is because they probably wanted something like someone that's the complete opposite of Mark Spector, like someone who is super duper weak and hate and not hate his life, but just like is sad all the damn time. Well, he's kind of this what reminded me of Superman and Clark Kent. If Clark Kent had his own persona and took over the body whenever, not just a secret identity. Right. That's sort of how they played it up where, you know, he kind of represents to to quote Kill Bill, you know, the the interpretation of the human race, which is someone who's a little tongue tied, you know, funny, quippy, blah, blah, blah. And then you have uh, Moon Knight, Mark, who is just like, I can beat the shit out of this and Mm -hmm. this situation. I can save us. Um, I love Arthur's um, power. I don't want to say power. He's imbued with the power of a goddess or he's the vessel avatar for a goddess. For my like judgment and everything. It's yeah, it was really interesting. I thought I, I love the tattoo when he's here like that. And yeah, that was kind of cool. And but here's the thing. And this is I feel like we're going back to like 2000 and like three. I feel with like minority report. There came this like ethical dilemma um, mm-hmm. Can you really judge someone for sins they haven't committed yet? And yeah, and that's what happens to that, that old woman. Yeah. Oh my god, a poor old woman who's like, I've never let, done anything bad, and like, and then she Hawk just Man, killed like, over. <laughs> yeah, and by the way, then it cuts out when she falls over. I'm like, no, I want to see her body, and she's like white, like Moon Knight white, you know, or, mm-hmm. or I guess her life or whatever. Um, she's mummified me. I don't know. She just looks terrible, and I was like, fuck, man. Okay, that's a cool power to have. I like that interesting yeah what do you think of the chasing of the whole thing oh it's beautiful i mean listen it's marvel like you need to I, have good action i i love the action i didn't like wake me up before you go go playing though yeah Although- i felt i know they did it to show that like steven's goofy he has no idea what the hell's going on but i didn't and i always appreciate appreciate george michael but the song was out of place 
first of all, I love it when his eyes roll back and it cuts. Yeah, that's it. really cool. And like it in like the there's like uh lights flickering and stuff, and like it goes like and it zooms in on his face, and then you just go boom, and then it zooms out, and like there's blood everywhere, or like he's holding a gun, or he's driving backwards and stuff. It's real. I thought they did that multiple times. The way how they had his personality chains change as like Mark Spector took over was so I thought they did it really well. I my only complaint would be because I'm watching the scene right now is when the goons are approaching him and like the avalanche comes down, the CG looks pretty shitty there. I mean that's pretty bad. Well CG. and because they're not gonna put I mean this is also a TV show too and so they're not that they're gonna put more CGI probably into like the monster I mean that we see at the end that um he's probably ultimately gonna beat up more next episode. So that that makes sense. I'm not going to be too picky about it. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. So after the scene, he wakes up and he notices that he has a different fish, a, a different goldfish, because this one has the two fins and the, the first one had one. Does, it, 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 did he eat the other goldfish? Like, does he I sure as hell hope not. Um, I don't think I could do it, Cole. If he's eating goldfish daily, I don't think I can commit to this. Why are you going <laughs> straight to him eating it? Well, what, what, so then what happened to the other goldfish? Did it regenerate its fit? No, because the, Maybe it's dead. <laughs> why would it die though? I can't, I can't be in a series with dead goldfish, goldfishies. Oh. Well, maybe it's like, maybe it's like a message to himself. I'm really hoping that <laughs> with this episode being called goldfish problem, I'm assuming this will be answered later on. Okay. Okay. But that scene with the, the goldfish pet owner, where she's here, like you come in, you don't remember. It's the wrong goldfish. Everything that was a beautiful scene. Like I love how salty she was. It's really interesting too because I, it, he, it's two days later or something like that. Because like he thought it was like Friday or something, but it's actually Sunday. And so like it's it's interesting that like he didn't have Stephen Grant like that persona be like here in the present time that in, for two days. So I thought yeah. that was really fascinating. And it's like we're like we're watching this from Steve's perspective, of course. And so we're like, but he just woke up. It it they just did that really well, I thought. Yeah, no, I mean they did that really well. I when we found out that it had been two days later and he missed his date, because here's the thing: the way Oscar Isaac is playing Steven, you're rooting for him. You're mm -hmm. like, I don't know, he's an underachiever, right? Like quintessential underachiever. Almost like the underdog. Yeah, trying to like balance work and something that's happening to him. And he's actually much greater than his surroundings, but he just wants to go on a date. Mm -hmm. And when he's there and he. But he doesn't even remember that it happened, though. So, which I thought was also interesting. Like, he doesn't remember yeah. setting the date. Yeah. It's just. Wait, wait, wait. Help me out here. So, when he was sitting down and he finds out that the date was supposed to happen two days earlier, right? On Friday. And then he's there on Sunday. She was angry at him. Did she call him? Is that what he, is that he called Lila? Her. He called her. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, I don't remember her name actually. So, because at the end, he's going through the phone and he has all these calls to someone named That's like someone Lila. else. Oh, is that someone else? Okay. Okay. So I'm just confused. She, I am because so I think Lila, I think I don't remember. I think she plays a big role in the Moon Knight, like it has a good relation and there she play, she has a big relationship with him or something i don't know like there's some significance to her to like their friendship and stuff it's layla i'm sorry i said lila it's layla uh, like layla. layla like layla miller 
uh, on the X-Men side. So I, I love that he calls her on a Verizon Razor. I remember having a phone like that. And now oh, I love that it's a burner phone. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I thought the <laughs> horror was quite tame in this sh- in this episode, too. Do you think there's going to... I think there's going to... I'm kind of hoping there's some more horror-esque stuff coming up in the remaining five episodes. Because the, the only horror we got was that elevator scene with Kanchu kind of walking towards him. But I felt like... like they kept the eeriness within this episode pretty well, though, like kind of tame. Yeah, I mean, listen, they're, they're, they're obviously more concerned with building mystery and suspense and actually bringing in horror elements. And I know horror is something the MCU wants to explore. So mm-hmm. I'm okay if this is like a takeoff to that. Mm-hmm. Like we're dipping our toes in. Yeah, like they're obviously going for Doctor Strange and Blade. Those are going to be horror focused here. Like, I'm fine. Like they're testing the waters. Like they had to get the tone right. But I thought the elevator scene with the neighbor and she was like flipping out at seeing him. Knocking on really. The door. <laughs> yeah. She's like, they're expecting me. <laughs> you hear that? They're expecting me. I. <laughs> She'll be here any moment. <laughs> but that, that for me creates a lot of like horror and like suspense and feeling uncomfortable because if you've ever been in an elevator with someone you know is crazy and you're like shit i just need to get out of here like i could vicariously be i don't know who that that character was i don't know if she's significant at all some old lady lady extra um i i am that old lady when i see someone or maybe people are like that when they see me because i've been crazy recently but um i really i empathize a lot with him and, and having this situation out of his control. And I know there's a lot of talk online right now with mental illness and being differently abled and sort of what are you responsible for during those actions and how do you get the right amount of support? So yeah. I, I felt for him. I felt for him. And I am glad Disney is using the show to sort of tackle those questions. Because as we see, like I'm rooting for Steven. Steven. <laughs> Precious Steven. I, yeah. I, yeah. Um. Sorry, I had to go back. I had to go back to see, like, why? Yeah, his name is Steven. Yeah, his name's Steven. <laughs> I'm like, Steven, Mark, I'm like, what am I rooting for here? But yeah, you're, yeah, yeah, that's all this episode does, though, is it's supposed to set up the larger mystery the whole time by dropping you into Steven's shoes. Just because it's supposed, I love the mystery they're building off of this because we're literally in Steven's shoes and if you haven't read the comics, of course, you're like, what the hell is going on? Like, if you don't know he has split personalities, you're both in the freaking out realm of the yeah. whole show. And it's really, really cool, I feel like. And it's a really interesting approach to the show. And I think it works well. Well, so here's the thing. I mean, I knew he had DID kind of going into it because that's sort of been like the talk online and on Twitter. But I. I, I don't know if it comes across just yet in the actual series. The way I kind of took this was sort of Tom Hardy and Venom. I mean, even like with the darker, you know, more theatrical voice in his head, it reminded me a lot of what happened in Venom 1 and Venom 2. And so. sort of, I know they do. Well, <laughs> I like Venom 1. I, I acknowledge Venom 1 is not a good movie, but it's a good bad movie if that makes sense i still like haven't I'd, seen it and i have i and i say they're bad and that's why i have not seen them <laughs> well venom 2 is terrible venom 2 is so awful like i, no I, 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 I love like maximum carnage venom 2 is terrible but um uh, maximum carnage 
but like, yeah, I mean, like, listen, I get it. I mean, I think it's a smart version of that symbiotic relationship. Obviously, I don't. So, so there's no outside force possessing Stephen. This is a dual personality within him. Yes. Okay, great. That's all I needed to know. That yeah. that was something I was not clear on. Like, I didn't know if he like somehow like an Egyptian god took over him. You know, no, I, mean? I don't know. Like, it's just he is now he was bestowed upon this role, but I don't think anything has possessed him. OK, OK, that's that's what I was confused about. So this is actually he has DID. I mean, it's it's there and it's not like the Phoenix. It's not like Venom. It's not like. Possessing. No, it's not like. Yeah, it's not like a symbiote is like taking yeah. over his body and now he's going to go eat people. It's it's. These are just like his dual personalities and stuff like that. Okay. So like it's almost like something is taking control, but it's all him. If that okay. makes sense. It's not no, another God or anything. I, that makes sense. I listen. I thought it was really well done. That last scene in the bathroom. What oh, yeah, you, yeah, yeah. What did you think of it? I really liked it. I thought it ended really good. Have, giving the viewer it because it's very. Not that it's very light on the action, because of course we have like the chase scene and everything, but actually ultimately kind of is light on the action. That's because we're seeing everything from Steven's perspective and everything. And so that last scene is probably giving us a little taste of what we will see when Mark Spector is taken over so we can see Moon Knight kick some monster mummy ass and everything. And I, I thought it was a, it gave us some satisfying reveals. I thought in the end and it, was entertaining i thought it was really cool i mean we're getting a pretty a very like welcome to the tame netflix marvel honestly oh my god you're absolutely right i i couldn't agree with you more that's exactly what i was thinking when i was watching this i was like yeah this is the pg-13 version of the defenders you know jessica jones because there's some blood that i thought that we haven't seen in other i mean they kind of pushed the boundaries just a little bit i feel like well, they have to start doing that because they have Deadpool. We know Deadpool 3 is on the horizon. They well, they have the, the Netflix. Defenders. Yeah, that's the what Netflix, I was about yeah. to say. They yeah. brought the Netflix stuff. And I remember, have you seen like some of the people are just like, oh, what are they going to do? Add like strippers to Disney Plus or to like <laughs> Disney World or something. I'm like, no, I mean, it, there, okay. there's there's a restriction oh. on it. And okay, there's worse things on the internet than stupid Netflix Marvel shows. Like, are you kidding me? If your I, kid owns a TikTok, me. yeah. <laughs> I, we're, we're 100% on the same page. It boils my blood because, first of all, I think Disney handled it the best way possible, which is it's a parental control feature. Like, not, I think you, they you took their time, it. too, it, which was really well. It's, I don't know if they were if this was a plan at all, but I thought they, by taking their time of allowing Disney Plus to be a thing for what? It has been like almost four years now, three years. And so to bring him in now after like fully establishing what Disney plus is, I think is a really smart plan on their part. And I, and I love how the Netflix stuff is still part of the MCU and everything. Like they didn't just ultimately forget it because that's what I was really worried about when they canceled all the shows and started, started selling all the apparel and all the, all the props and stuff from it. Well, they've respected those shows because they were beloved. I know like, Obviously, you know, Iron Fist and Defenders proper got sort of mixed reviews, but yeah. I love that they brought the actors into campaign for the release on Disney Plus, right? We had all like the Instagram 
you know, selfies yeah, I love and videos. That. Yeah, I, I love that. Yeah, I shared like I I had to share that because it it, it just made me so happy because Jessica Jones and uh, Daredevil remind me of like um because it was Daredevil's one of my favorite superheroes and um, Jessica Jones is a, a revolutionary character and so to see that they are still part of the Marvel lore now is just makes me makes me really happy. Well, and I, I need hope to, to know see what a Jessica Jones comic series soon. What? I need to know what happened to Patsy Walker. <laughs> like <laughs> after the Dark Hellcat saga, I need to know what happened there. So I'm I love I love the Netflix heroes. I acknowledge not all of it was 100% great, but not everything is always 100% great. So I'm I'm happy they're there. I hope they respect them. I think this is a good show of fate. And like you were saying, I think this is the watered down version of the Netflix heroes. And I'm here for it. Listen, I'm not envious of Kevin Feige and Disney. They have to find a balance because these are characters. It's not like Mickey Mouse and Minnie Mouse and, you know, DuckTales, where your audience is pretty clear. It's children and even adults acknowledge it's children and they sort of come to it and they're nostalgic for it. We see these characters and we evolve with these characters and we like to see darker, grittier stories. And people stay fans of these characters well into adulthood and they expect to have a level of storytelling. It is a very difficult thing to balance, especially if you're mm-hmm. going to start tackling things like mental illness. And you, you, there's no. And I'm glad they are no, tackling that too. Yeah. Like, it's nice to see, like, I hope in the near future, like, more topics like this are tackled and there's a lot more representation within um, the MCU and everything. I mean, you kind of saw that with Eternals with, like, some representation. I'm kind of going off a, a little. Um, off topic a bit but it's um who was I, I i was talking to someone about this earlier this week about like tackling serious issues and doing some representation on within the comic book realm and in the comics it's kind of barren sadly and i just it needs to be done and of course there are going to be people pissed off about it. I mean, there's people pissed off about media all the freaking time. And I mean, it's going to happen no matter what. And so I'm glad that they're tackling mental illness and DID. It's, it's a, it's heavy, it's heavy stuff. And to see it in like a superhero genre can be difficult because it could seem unreal or mythological and stuff like that. And that could ultimately might piss people off. But sometimes if you got to display it in some of your most popular media sometimes to get the awareness out there so people are know somewhat of what it is and everything, you know? We're on the same exact page because like... You That's because we're the have, same person. <laughs> you know, mm, variants of each other. It's You need to have that representation out there so people can talk about it and at least get the ball rolling. And there's a lot of things I see out there and I'm like, okay, the representation isn't great. It's not well done. However, it is putting it out there and people are talking about it and this can help evolve the conversation to where it needs to be. And even develop material that is, is superior better to what came before it, you know? Yeah. So I don't know. I could listen to you talking about Moon Knight and everything all day. I've I could listen face. to myself talk too, but <laughs> um, so what, what what do we expect that's going to happen like in um, the series um you tell hoping... me like what's on the horizon here oh i have no idea <laughs> <laughs> okay fair i don't i don't uh, know either i'm assuming i mean we're kind of i i think we're probably going to see more personalities 
from uh, Mark Spector. We're going to see some more Moon Knight action. I hope to see more like Egyptian lore learned, and I love to see the connections to all that as well. Um, I want an exploration in uh, the DID as well. I think that would be a missed opportunity if they didn't. Um, and yeah, keep on giving us some beautiful cinematography and some kick-ass Moon Knight shit. My God, that last scene of him pounding the monster and then turning to the camera, I was like, that's it, the episode's over? Like, no, I want more. And you'll get more next week, and that's why they uh, release these weekly so you can uh, start talking about it. It's smart, and it works. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to this episode of Master of Comic Books. Oh, man, it hurt my finger. Thank you so much for listening to this uh, episode of Master of Comic Books, the first episode in months. And... That you're going to be getting these weekly and as we cover the Moon Knight series of the six episodes and you're just going to listen to Paul and I discuss and have fun and I might cuss a little bit. I might be energetic. I might be tired. You never know what I'm going to. Uh, I just depends on what, how much coffee I have. But thank you so much for listening. This was so fun. I've missed you, Paul. <laughs> it's a new year. New Cole. Cole, where can people hook up with us? Well, if you want to follow us and discuss with us, you can follow us on Instagram at Masters of Comic Books, and you can be on our Discord, which I haven't done anything with, but if you want to be part of that, just totally send me a DM, and we, you can, uh, I'll send you an invite, and you can just chat with us nonstop. It's fun, it's fun, it's fun. I talk about comics all the time. Yes, so Master of Comic Books, you're the one who's actually managing that account, and it's so great. I love it so much. Thank you, uh, it's just you- panels from other comics. But that's how I feel. But about- I credit creators too. I think one of the best things to do when it comes to comic books is to credit the creators and give them recognition because they wholeheartedly deserve it and don't deserve the shit that they sometimes receive. No, not at all. And that's what I love about your vibe. But um, yeah, I do the same thing, but on Power of X Men on Instagram. And if you are on Twitter, I am on Twitter now, and it's at Power of X Men as well. Awesome. Thank you so much for tuning into this week's discussion of Moon Knight episode one. Next week we'll start we'll discuss about episode two and do the exact same thing we did now. <laughs> <laughs> Bye guys. Bye-bye.